Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Just a few things I wanted to talk about. You know, this morning we were talking about vision, and um, and just a few things want to... Uh, uh, add to that or, or clarify or, or talk about. Go with me to the scripture and uh, we'll do the King James Version of Proverbs 29, the 18th verse. Proverbs 29, verse 18. I think you should have that in the King James. Uh, Kelsey. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Yeah, there we go. We have the King James Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So just talking about the subject of vision this morning, and um, uh, there's a purpose behind it. But, um, you know, the vision, the vision, the fact that there is a vision for each of us uh, is, is not a, it doesn't, it, it's not dependent upon circumstances or times in our life. Whether you're young, whether you're not so young, no matter where you are in life and your walk with God, there is uh, a vision for you to lay hold of. There are things that the Lord wants you to see. And really, it all ties into our gifts, our callings, our purpose in life, all of those things. We need to see what that is. We need to see that. And um, it, like I said, where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, the Lord never wants people to perish. He's, his, he has never had a time or a season where he likes that. He wants us to be prospering and be doing well and the opposite of perishing. Well, that means that The lack of vision equals perishing. That means if he doesn't want us to perish, there's always vision. There's always vision to be had. There's always more to see. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that what I've seen, what the Lord has shown me about my life, what he has for me and my future and really what he wants to do, uh, he's always unveiling that. There's always more. There's always more to be experienced. And that's true for us individually, but it's also true for us as a church, as a body. It's true for all of us. And there's always more to lay hold of, and there's always more to go after. I, I know it's true, and we've all experienced it. The longer we walk with the Lord, there can be a tendency, there can be a temptation to think that we've arrived and to kind of take, it, take, a, take a seat and kind of slow down a little bit. How many know there's no coasting in the kingdom of God? There's no coasting. There's no coasting at all. Uh, that, that's not, the Lord never coasted. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus, when he was here, didn't have times where he got away and had fun. I believe Jesus was the most fun guy that ever lived. I believe he was, he was a joy to be around. I believe he was funny. I believe he was serious one minute, funny the next, you know, just a pleasure to be around. They love being around him, not just because of all the stuff that he did, just because he was just an amazing person to be around, right? And, uh, you know, I, I believe that, that Jesus was always moving forward and what the Lord had, what his father had sent him to do. He never coasted during his life. He never took it, even though he had times of fun and relaxation, he was always pushing forward, always moving forward. And we need to be doing the same thing. And, um, you know, if we don't keep the fact that God has something, a purpose, he has a, a design for each of us that's specific and ever, uh, I don't know if a better word, but ever evolving, maturing, growing, developing. How many know that the things that you are doing when you're younger change as you get older? The things that you are asked to do and and gifted to do and called to do in a house growing up, you know, when you're younger, they're limited. But as you age 
and mature and your experience grows and develops, well, you can be entrusted with greater things and more responsibilities. And, and yes, the potential was already there, but you can't walk into it until you develop what, where you're at. And you can't develop where you're at if you don't see it. If you're not given opportunities, then you can't move into something else. Well, the same is true in our spiritual walk. He has more for us. And we've always got to keep vision in front of us. And vision is just another word for saying the plan of God in front of us. It's just another way of saying we have to keep sight of what's available. Steve was talking really tonight about vision. When he's up talking about, you know, that we're meeting with the Lord and we're, we're coming together with him and picturing sitting at the feet of Jesus, that is something that, that you can get a hold of. Remember we said the word vision in, the, in its basic fundamental meaning, original, just mean to see, just to see something. Well, he's trying to help us tonight in worship see that we're not just singing songs. We're not just going through the motions. We're not just checking off a part of the service. You know, because a good service is going to have a good worship, you know, praise and worship period. And, and this can have, you know, some, some good announcements. And then it's going to have some, you know, some good teaching. And then, and then we'll pray for some people. And then if we check all those boxes, then we had a good service. Well, you know, we, we can fall into that uh, if, if we allow ourselves to. But, but we ought to have vision in front of us. It's not just about a, a service. We actually get to sit at the feet of Jesus. I mean, Mary poured out the oil on Jesus's feet. What an awesome deal that was. And, and like you said, it's still being spoken of everywhere. The gospel is preached that, that story and her sacrifice is being told. Well, we, we get the same opportunity. You realize we, we had the same opportunity tonight to pour our affection on the feet of Jesus, not just a song, but in our heart, we had the same opportunity that she did then. And if hers was spoken of, do you think our sacrifice in eternity will be spoken of as well? I believe it will be spoken of. It'll be, it'll be something that, that heaven has taken notice of. I believe those that are there have seen us tonight, who've, who've entered into the presence of God. And so the Lord recognizes that. Well, we need to see that. If you lose sight of that, then it, and then your walk with God or your approach to the things of God can just become mechanical, right? Can just become transactional and, and just something that you just do and, and something that you just go through. And we never need to be in that place. I said we never need to be in that transactional relationship with God. It always needs to be, uh, have our heart involved in it. He's fully invested. We need to stay fully invested. I mean, he had, he's given it everything he's got and he continually sees us in the light of how he's made us to be. Well, we need to see him and approach him in the same way with the same care, the same respect, the same approach. And so that's really what we're, we're talking about. You know, uh, this morning talking about vision and wanting people to, 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 to get stirred up in purpose in their life, wanting people to get stirred up in, in, in the grace that's on their life, the call that's on their life, the opportunity that they have. Because really, you know, as a church, I believe this, that G, what did Jesus say he's doing? He said he's building his church. That's what he's doing. And so ultimately, the vision that God has for everybody, that divine vision, the divine guidance has a part to play in building the church of God. Thanks for that two amens there. All of our callings, all of our, the, the vision God has for us, it's, a, it's not our vision, it's a divine vision, right? It's a divine revelation. It initiates from him. It's not my job to set, to put, put conditions on it. It's not my job to try to, to, try to, to enhance or, or, or whatever the opposite of that is, to detract from it. That's not my job. It's his, right? 
And so, um, you know, we're wanting people to, to get a hold of that. And if it's his vision and Jesus is building his church, then it's directly tied to the building of the church. Now that, that, that applies to us here locally, our local church, but then also the body of Christ as a whole, the vision God has for this, this divine vision he has is all directly tied to building the kingdom of God. It's all tied into building the kingdom of God. And when people can get a hold of the vision and see God's vision for them, what does it do? It puts them in place. It connects them. It gets them in touch with what Jesus is actually doing in the earth and gets them connected to that. They get a picture of it. They can see it. Abram had to see what God was doing. But you realize that what Abraham saw He told him, he said, I want you to go out and see the stars. And as many as the stars, so shall your descendants be. Genesis 15, right? So he told him as many are 515. So as many as as the stars, that's going to be your descendants. So it was a mental picture. And yes, it had to do with Abraham's life. It was talking about his descendants, but on a greater scale, it was the plan of God. I mean, it was the plan of God that, that he needed, God needed Abraham to see. God needed Abraham to get a a grip of what he was wanting to do, not just for Abraham. A lot of times people talk about vision, it's real self-centered. You know, having a vision for athletes, having a vision of of seeing themselves succeeding, and that's important, but, but that's a cheap version of it. Vision, where it's divine vision, we have to see ourselves in the plan of God, and that's really what I'm after. That's what I want people to get a hold of, but they gotta see it for themselves. They have to see it for themselves. Every person needs to see where they fit. Every person needs to see that God has something for them to do. Why? Because we know when everybody's doing their part, fulfilling the vision God has for them, what causes, to, what happens to the body? Growth happens and edifying happens and life happens and health happens. And, and what is that? It's the plan of God moving forward. It's his kingdom advancing, Right. And so that's really what we're, we're, we're wanting. We're wanting people to get a hold of. And I appreciate you all being here uh, on, on Sunday night, coming back with us, because I know you're seeing some things. But even us, we can see greater into how we fit. We can see greater into more detail how we connect and always being able to see adjustments and things that we can make and, and, and ways that we can further line up with God's plan, God's purpose, his vision for our life. And the more in line with that we can get, then, then, then the, more, the more of the kingdom that gets represented. Yes, we're blessed as a result. Yes, we're fulfilled as a result. But, but more importantly, God is honored and his kingdom moves forward. And so that's what we're after and that's what we're desiring. And, you know, I would say this, you know, you guys on Sunday nights, you are, you are our, our, our main our, you're the backbone of the church. I mean, we have our, our Monday night prayer folks are, are the backbone of the church, you know. And so, but the Sunday night crowd, you know, this is, this is the committed group that, that has determined to, to see this through. You know, one of the things that, that's important to always remember is we're reproducing after ourselves. We're reproducing after ourselves. And, and as a group, the core, the ones that, that, ha, that are carrying things, the, the work of the ministry here, if we can get a hold of this, we'll re, we will reproduce after ourselves. If we're consumed with the plan of God, if we're consumed with the vision of God, if we're consumed with fulfilling our place and doing what he's asked us to do, not on our own thing, 
because because the plan of God's all connected to the to the to the church. It's 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 connected to the to the plan of God, and 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 it involves the church. And so, if we're all doing our part, we will reproduce after ourselves. And you know, as we move forward, and and really, uh, this is the way it's always been. Uh, it's not up to one pe- one person or or small group of people. It's all of us that we do this and we set this kind of environment where we're pushing forward. If you can get a group of people that just are hungry for God, even if it's small, a group of people that are, that are desperate to see God move, a, a group of people that, are, that are, will not be satisfied with doing anything other than what the Lord has created them for and to fulfill their assignment, if you can get a group of people that'll do that, the world can be changed. I mean, it really can be changed. You think of Azusa Street. It was a small group of people, a handful of people that just got desperate enough to see God move and just hungry enough to listen. Lord, this is, you know, say, well, I don't have a whole lot to offer. What you have is exactly what God needs because the vision he has for you, just walking in that, that sets the stage for what? Reproduction. That sets the stage for, for, for enhancement. That sets the stage for growth. Because we also know that vision is progressive. And, and these things come one thing after another. So that's what we're wanting to have happen. That's what we're wanting to take place. We have more than Azusa Street had. We have, we have more than what they started off with. But they changed the world. And I'm not saying that we're going we're, we're gonna to have an Azusa Street reaction or, or, or response. But I am saying we can do and be who God's called us to be. And we can tend and care for and see to the plan of God where he has us, his will for us. We can run our race. We can do what he's called us to do. Amen. We have to, we have, to have vision as a church. As individuals and as, as a congregation, we have to have it. And so just a, a couple things um, tonight just to, just to mention. Um, this scripture we read in, in the King James where there isn't a vision uh, the people perish, but happy, but he that keepeth the law is happy. Uh, the new living of that says when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. And this accepting divine guidance is an important part. And this is, I know we know this, but it's just a good reminder. When the Lord has guidance for us, which we know that he does, we have to accept it. We have to accept that guidance. We have to be open to and embrace what he asks us to do. Um, there's so many examples in the Bible of, of this, um, uh, this happening and this being done. Um, and we'll look at a few here in just a minute. But the reality is when it comes to accepting it, there's no excuses not to accept it. There's no reason that's a valid reason to not embrace or accept the vision God has for us. There's no, there's no reason for it. And you think of uh, different ones, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he said, I am the least of all apostles. He said, I am the least of all of the apostles. He said, but I am, by the grace of God, I am who I am. And he had a lot of reasons to, to think otherwise that God couldn't use him. But really, none of those things are an excuse. Because God knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly all our, our frailty. He knows all of those things. And yet he still chooses. Why? It's divine guidance. It is, it's, it's divinely inspired. It's his plan. And so it's important that we make sure that we are uh, accepting these things. And we say, well, not enough ability, not enough talent, not enough money, time, all those things. The list goes on and on. Vision is never based on us. 
Vision is never based on us. It's a divine, it's a divine, it's divine guidance, but it has nothing to do with you and I. I mean, you think of Brother Hagin. I mean, he changed, uh, literally changed the world. I mean, he, his ministry has, has had such an out, a far-reaching effect. Steve and I were listening to something the other day, and um, there was a guy that was involved in the Toronto revival that happened. Uh, the Toronto, what was that called, Steve? The Toronto Awakening or outpouring. When was that? 1994, something like that. It was, a, it was an outpouring of spirit in 1994. This guy was not a Rama grad. I never knew he had a connection with Brother Hagen, but he actually was in a service in Oklahoma. I think it was a winter Bible seminar and left straight from there and went to Toronto and the spirit of God broke out by being in one of Brother Hagen's meetings. And so just being around that environment, he went to Toronto and, and just simply obeyed what the Lord had him to do. And, and this great move in Toronto happened. Well, that all goes back to Brother Hagin's obedience. And he was born in a, in, a, in a small, you know, he was born into a family where the dad wasn't there, you know, and, and the mom didn't have all the things that she needed and, the, and, the, and just a bad situation. I mean, all of these things deformed, all these problems, and yet God still raised him up to do great things. He still used them to do great things. Well, that tells us, tells me that it's got nothing to do with us. So it's got nothing to do with you and I. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's his vision. We just have to accept it and not make excuses for it, right? Vision is also never based on circumstances. Like I said, never based on circumstances. We talked about Paul this morning. We we can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the, the New King James 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, we, we refer a lot to Paul because he wrote so much in the New Testament, but he really exemplified and, and lived out uh, in front of us just such great example of obedience and, and following God. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in the ninth verses, uh, Paul was, was writing here. Of course, he was just talking about, had just finished up talking about the thorn in the flesh, that the, the messenger of Satan it wasn't a sickness. It was a, a messenger. That word messenger actually is, a, is an angelic being. It was a, 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 a messenger of Satan. So it was a, a fallen angel that was harassing him and caused him problems everywhere he went, was stirring up trouble everywhere he went. And so he asked the Lord for this to be taken away. But, but notice what he said to him. And he, and he said to me, the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And that weakness just means in when you're not, uh, when there's insufficiency in your life. He said, my grace, or, or for you, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. This was Paul talking that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So he recognized that Paul was saying, listen, there's a lot of stuff that, that's coming against me, a lot of reasons why I can't do what he's asked me to do. I can't, I see it. See, you can see the vision he has for you, but you still have to accept it and you still have to hang on to it. Once you accept it, you have to make sure that you are holding on to the vision he has for your life. And Paul could have easily said, you know, I've come this far. I've done all these things, but this constant harassment, I just can't keep doing this any longer. I just can't keep going on any further. That's not the case at all. I said, that's not the case at all. Your circumstances never determine what God can do with your life circumstances never determine what God can do with a local body. It has nothing to do with it. Why? Because it's a divine 
vision, and it's also grace is a divine, supernatural uh, a power, supernatural uh, entity that, that moves into our life, ability and favor that moves in up. It's not human, it's supernatural. It, it supersedes any of those things. But still the choice is there. You've got to accept it. You have to accept it. And that can be challenging. That can be really challenging because we all have flesh to deal with. Do you, we're all aware of ourselves. Some need to be more aware of themselves, right? But, you know, we're, we're, we're all aware of ourselves. And, and even if we struggle in self-awareness in some areas, we're all, all of us are well aware of our shortcomings. To one degree or another. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Paul was well aware of his problems. He was well aware of his issues. But that doesn't mean anything. It's still a choice to accept what God has placed on your life, the grace that's on your life, the vision God has for you, the plan that he has for you. And so we've got to make a decision to lay hold of that. And that's really what, what, I'm, what I'm wanting to stir people up, to start, to start seeing again, to start looking ahead again, to start, to start looking into the future again, to start looking back to the things that, that, he, that were once in your heart, the things that the Lord once talked to you about. He never changes his mind on those things. Yeah, but this has happened and this, and I've gone through this and, th- and this has come up and, and I've made this mistake. Paul made all kinds of mistakes. But his willingness to, to, to accept it, his willingness to see and to accept those things, empowered him then to lay down the things that he needed to lay down, to make the decisions that he needed to make. It empowered him to do it, but it all goes back to he had to see something. You had to see it because when you don't see it, people just run wild. They lose hope. They cast off restraint. They, they, become, they become lethargic. All of those things, none of those things are, are things that we want in our life. None of the, we, we, we don't want to stand before the Lord and say, well, you rested real well. You know, well, you, know, you took it real easy. I'm proud of you. No, we don't want to do that. We want to, we want to get there and, and, and know that we ran till the last minute. That we, we took every step, we took every opportunity, that we, we fulfilled everything that he had for us. We, while we were here, we were pushing on and pushing forward. Paul said, I forget the stuff that's behind me, but I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on, I'm pressing on. I said this morning that it'll sustain you in difficult times. How did Paul know when he wrote that in Philippians that he was going to get out? He still had more to do. He still, could still see what the Lord had called him to do. His vision gave him faith to get out of the situation and to know that he was going for it. wasn't until the very end that he realized, I finished my course. I fought the fight. And then he said, what? There's laid up a, there's laid, laid up a reward for me. And he was like, hey, I'm ready to go. But he, yeah, Kelsey goes, I'm out of here, right? You know, peace, I'm out, right? I mean, Paul ran till the last second. Why is that? That's, the, that's what vision will do to you. That's what vision will do in your life. That's what vision will, will, will mean to you, but you have to embrace it. It's something that must be accepted. It must be embraced. Vision involves submission. Vision involves submission. If you're going to walk out what God has, if you're going to fulfill those things, once you see it, that's great. Once you accept it, that's great, but you're going to have to live a submitted life. And I know that's a word nobody likes to hear. I probably lost half the crowd with the word submission, right? Nobody likes submit. But submission is a part of life. 
submission is a part of being in the kingdom. We're all soldiers. We're all members of the army of God. We're all members. Well, that being a soldier, being, being a combatant in the force that involves submission, right? That that's a part of, of the, of, 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 of the life. That's a part of, of what's there. You know, we read the scripture. We'll, we'll look at it. Hebrews chapter 12. We didn't read it this morning, but we've, we've read it before. Hebrews 12. Um, we'll look at uh, verses one and two. First couple verses here. The book of Hebrews. It's a blessing. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice, to lay those things aside, you have to see something. To lay those things aside, you have to see something. Anybody who's accomplished anything for the kingdom of God has had to lay a lot of stuff aside. They've had to make a decision. I see it. I'm going to lay hold of that thing. It it, it puts you in a position where you can then lay stuff aside. He said, uh, those things that easily ensnare us, let us run with endurance, a race that's set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, why for or who who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God Jesus had to submit how did he submit what caused him to be able to submit well he was the son of god not that wasn't it being the son of god was not why Jesus was able to do now that's why his blood was was able to accomplish what it did he, but he still had to live a sinless life he still had to make the decisions every day to not to disobey the father and to do what he needed to do. But when it came down to the end to make that sacrifice, what enabled him to do it? Well, he was submitted to that vision. He was submitted to the vision that God had given him. In fact, his whole life was a life of submission. His whole life was, was a life of recognizing why he was here and putting that first above everything else. Well, when it came down to the end, he labored in prayer and as if great drops of blood, his sweat was so intense. That's a laboring there. That, that is, that is, that's extreme difficulty. But still, he had to make a decision. Am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? Am I going to submit to what's coming or am I not going to submit to what's coming? It was a choice that he made. It was something that he, that he decided to do. So when it comes to the plan of God, the things that he has shown us, the things that he has for us, we're going to have to submit to what he asks. We're going to have to submit to that plan. I know this is real simple, but this is where our Christian walk comes down to. This is where being a success in life, accomplishing the plan of God for our life, this is where... Uh, standing before the Lord and not being ashamed. I mean, when you stand before the Lord, he's not going to, it's not going to be an issue of, are you born again or not? If you're, now people, everyone will stand before the Lord. If you're born again, you'll be in heaven. You, you'll, you'll have made it. But you're going to, so sin on that end will have been dealt with. But it's all going to be, be about our obedience for the plan, the vision that he had for us. It's all going to be about our, our, our obedience to that. All of it will be about our obedience. And they'll, we'll be rewarded for it or we'll suffer loss for it. That means the things that he created for us. Remember, the, we were predestined. We were 
created in Christ Jesus for good works. So if the works were prepared beforehand, then the reward has been prepared beforehand. And so we'll accept, we'll have a great reward for our obedience. Then there'll be suffering loss if we don't obey. Those things that we could have had, we won't have access to because we didn't obey. He's, he's just. And so he's, gonna, he's not just going to give us everything because we showed up. There's no, participa- there's no participation trophy. You know what I mean? Did we, su- did we succeed or did we not succeed? You know, did, did, we, did we fulfill the plan? Did we not fulfill the plan? And so I know it's a real basic thing, but this is where it comes down to it for us personally is what, is God, what does God have for me and how does that fit? How does that fit into the, into, the, into the kingdom of God? Where is my place? What has he asked me to do? And are, am I willing to, to embrace that? Am I willing to accept it? Am I willing to, to make the sacrifices that are necessary? Our life here depends upon it, but our life there will depend upon it as well. And so, you know, we're just wanting to, to encourage you guys. And, and uh, I don't know most of you here, you're doing that and that's great. You're, you're walking these things out. But, but let's have an environment of people that are chasing after the vision God has for us. You know, that's not a common thing, but it can be a common thing. Let's have a place where we're chasing after no matter what it looks like, no matter what it requires, that we're chasing after the plan of God, the will of God, his vision for us. If we'll create that environment, if we'll, if we'll be those people, we'll, we'll reproduce those people. If we'll be those people, we'll attract those people. If we'll be those people, God will come alongside us and do everything that he wants to do. He'll do all of it. He'll do his part if we'll do our part. 100% he'll do it. He'll do it. I have no fear about tomorrow if we do our part. Now, I've made a decision. Pastor Amy and I, we've made a decision. Oh, us, we, uh, as a whole, we've made our decision. Let's do this. Let's have an environment where we're seeing what he has for us. If you've lost vision, ask him to show you. I said this morning, if you've lost your sight, if things have become blurry, ask him to help you see what you need to see. Don't just be okay with not being able to see. Choose, make the decision. I want to know. I want a clear picture. What do you have for me? Where's my place? If you'll do that, when he shows you the place, you'll start seeing how to position yourself. You'll start seeing how to position yourself. You'll start seeing how you fit, where you fit, how this works. What do I need to do? And the reality is if you accept it, others will start seeing it as well. Others will start seeing how you fit. It'll all start making sense. It'll all start making sense because my part suddenly where there's, there's not a, a, I'm not fit on this side or I don't exactly connect on this area. Suddenly I know Tara's got, oh, her, her place is right there. So I see how we connect. So now this picture's coming together. That's how this works. We are so tied together in this. I don't know if you, we are so tied together in this. It, it really is amazing it, it, it is a, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, but it's also a humbling thing. How connected we are to the plan of God being accomplished. It, we're, we're all so, so very vital that this take place. We're so very vital that we participate in this. So let's just have a heart to see God do what he wants to do. Let's just have a heart to be the people God wants us to be. Let's just desire to, to do whatever it takes. Now, no, some people say amen, but you know, are you there yet? That's a choice that you have to make. That's a, that's a decision that you have to make. That, that's, that comes down to laying stuff aside. 
That comes down to laying things aside. I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this. Well, well, if that's what the Lord's asked me to do. Well, that's not fair. That's the way it works. Jesus didn't want to do what he did. He didn't want to leave heaven in the first place. He did it anyway. All right? And that's, that's what it's all about. Submission to him. Submission to what he wants to do. Recognizing those things. Going after those things. Let's just do that. Amen. Let's just do that. Praise God. I said I was going to be short. How long did I go? 17 after? Well, almost 30 minutes. That's pretty short. That's almost a record, ain't it? Huh? That's Anderson short right there. That, that's a record. That's not Anderson short. That's Schrader short. That's what the Schraders do. Anyway. <laughs> I'm in trouble, y'all. All right. No, nah, that's, uh, let's all stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I see a people chasing after the Lord, running full strength, full pace, running after him, carrying out his plan, doing everything he's called. I see it. I can see it. It's available to us. Amen. Praise God. Father, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you for your goodness tonight. Father, thank you that you have a plan for each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you that you have a part for each of us to play. You have a vision for us. I know we prayed it this morning, but Father, I ask that you give each of us clear eyesight to see what you would have us to do. See where we fit. See through all of the distractions. All the things that would try to get in and say, well, you can't for this, or you can't because of that, or this situation, or that situation. But Lord, we know that we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. They've been prepared beforehand. Hallelujah. We will walk these things out in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. We give you all the thanks and praise for it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.